0: I didn't get to choose which one is the wrong one. I'm moving forward with that. No longer in the cracks, no longer on the railroad tracks. I'm moving to the front. I don't belong. We're in the back. Hey guys, what's up? Thanks so much for tuning in this week for another episode of the Be Music Reviews podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Musica. As always, we're going to analyze, review, and discuss the latest news and dive into the past regarding movies, music, video games, and much, much more. If you don't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at BMuse Reviews, and tune into the b Reviews podcast each week on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and all other streaming platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, we thank you so much for tuning in, Please be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment below, and to hit the bell icon to receive notifications that informs you exactly when our podcast goes live, as well as all other video content. Also, be sure to visit our website at www.musicalprojects.com. There you will find all important links to our latest podcast episodes, new projects currently available, and also previews of those currently in development, along with our latest blog posts. If there's a question or a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, Send them to bmusereviews at gmail.com with podcast question slash topic in the subject line. With all that out of the way, let's not waste any more time and get right to this week's news. Welcome everyone to the bmuse reviews podcast. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right to this week's news. In terms of movie news, since our last podcast, director James Cameron actually announced some news related to the mega-grossing Avatar franchise and the upcoming sequels. James Cameron revealed that Una Chaplin will appear in Avatar 4. For those of you who don't know, Una Chaplin is, is the daughter of actress Geraldine Chaplin, the granddaughter of English filmmaker and actor Charlie Chaplin, and she's also the great granddaughter of Irish-American playwright Eugene O'Neill. Avatar 4 will also be featuring a big time jump into the future, and also, in addition to all of that, James Cameron also revealed that Avatar 5, the setting of the film, will be Earth-bound. So we will be returning from Pandora back to planet Earth, where the story originally started in Avatar 5. Obviously, in the first Avatar film, the whole movie takes place on Pandora, but the whole premise of the first movie was you know, human civilization having to leave the home planet of planet Earth And in the second film, the most recent film, Way of Water, you see, you know, since the time has passed, since the first film and the second film, Jake Sully and his family have really come to understand more about what humans are like, where humans come from, and why they do the things that they do, especially in terms of attacking Pandora and looking for resources. And looking for ways to sustain their own uh, ways of life. Just as the many cultures throughout the planet of Pandora. So it's going to be really interesting to see where this franchise goes. I absolutely love the Avatar franchise. The Way of Water I thought was just unbelievable. Um, Loved it even more than the first one. And I honestly cannot wait for the third film. Waiting for more news to come out about the third film. It's funny that uh, the movie news surrounding the Avatar franchise that we get. Actually is related to the fourth and fifth films while we're waiting for the third film. But but any news is good news. Uh, with regard to Avatar, I feel like franchises print money at this point. It's unbelievable. And it's the fact that they have three more films to go. And I'm sure they won't stop there. I'm sure that James Cameron and, and you know Disney, they will continue to make these movies uh, for years to come. I don't see it going anywhere. But really excited to hear this news. This news is really exciting. I just wanted to share it. Una Chaplin will be in Avatar 4, and we will be getting a big time jump for that film as well. And Avatar 5 will be set on planet Earth. It's exciting to hear this news, and I'm honestly really looking forward to seeing where the Avatar franchise goes. Are you a fan of the Avatar franchise? Did you get a chance to see Avatar The Way of Water? If you have not, definitely be sure to check it out. Be sure to check out both films. The franchise is killer. If you did get a chance to see the films and you are a fan of the franchise and you are interested in seeing the upcoming sequels, what are your thoughts regarding this news? Be sure to write to me and let me know your thoughts. All right, our next topic for movie news in this week's podcast, James Gunn is set to direct Superman Legacy, the film that will kick off the newly established DCU that is being run, and James Gunn heads himself along with Peter Safran. James Gunn is set to direct this film, Superman Legacy. It will kick off the DCU. The script, which James Gunn has shared uh, via social media, the script is complete. He's very honored to have had the opportunity to write this script, to work on this project that will ultimately kick off the DCU as he announced a few months ago. The movie is now in pre-production. Pre-production is now underway, and I'm sure that Gunn is very close to identifying his Clark Kent if he has not already. Absolutely cannot wait for this film. Really looking forward to seeing where they go with this. Uh, James Gunn is a very creative mind. Absolutely loved Suicide Squad. Loved Peacemaker. Really looking forward to season two. Hoping we still get that. You know, really looking forward to seeing what he does. The jury's out. I'm not going to judge any any content until i see it you know all the news and stuff that comes up before uh you know having the chance to see the films even trailers like any you know even trailers a lot of times there can be a bad trailer and it just does not do the movie justice when this movie comes out i will be a judge then until then looking forward to seeing more news that comes out about this and about all the dc projects that are upcoming Gunn himself is writing and directing many of those projects He is the creative lead for DC, and Peter Safran, he's mentioned, does all the business and all the stuff that he does not want to deal with. He just wants to, you know, play with his toys and go to work at the writer's desk. Looking forward to seeing this film, Superman Legacy. All right, our next topic today, going to do a retro review. It's been a little while since we did a retro review segment here on the podcast, and I will do my best to keep this a regular segment. For this week's Retro Review, we're going to take a trip back in time and take a look at the film The Bodyguard. This film was released in 1992 and stars Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner. The tagline for this film reads, A former Secret Service agent takes on the job of a bodyguard to an R&B singer whose lifestyle is most unlike a president's. I decided to watch this film upon seeing the uh, recent Whitney Houston biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody, and especially considering the fact that I had never seen this film before. The film is obviously referenced in the biopic, and I got to tell you, I really enjoyed this film. I highly recommend it to anybody like me who has never seen the film, never had the chance to watch it. Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston truly displayed some wonderful on-screen chemistry. The story itself is very compelling and ultimately the film has a lot of heart. It has a lot of heart and and it will keep you on your toes the entire time. It's actually really really a suspenseful, thrilling movie at times as well. So it's got it really has everything. It's a little bit of comedy at times, uh, some moments of le- great moments of levity. Between the two and other characters, but you have got the love and romance element. You have a you have a great drama and some great action sequences in this film. I I, I highly recommend it. They don't make movies like this anymore, sadly. Some, you know, luckily uh, in this past year we did get a few throwback. I would say like ninety style films in terms of writing, and just the you know get you get you in get you out s- simple concise story, but. It's very well done and very well executed. It doesn't try to do too much. It's, it's always nice to see a refreshing film like this. If you have not seen this film, definitely be sure to check it out. The Bodyguard, starring Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner. All right, and to kick off this podcast episode's film reviews, number one, the first film we're going to review today is 65. Recently had a chance to see this film in theaters This film is written and directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods and stars Adam Driver and Ariana Greenblatt. 65 focuses on an astronaut who crash lands on a mysterious planet only to discover that he is not alone. I got to tell you, I really enjoyed this film. Adam Driver delivers a stellar physical performance And this movie is honestly just a solid sci-fi thriller adventure all, all the way around. A lot of people were crapping on this movie and I don't understand why I really enjoyed this film. Honestly, I thought it was simple and concise just like, as we were saying, you know, I do really enjoy when movies are, you know, an hour and a half to an hour and 40 minutes and it's a simple story, but it's also well executed. It's, not over the top it might not be you know an oscar-winning five-star performance from anyone in the film or an academy award-winning script or anything like that but at the end of the day it's a very entertaining film and i i really i was on the edge of my seat the entire way through that's all you can really ask for with a movie like especially when people pay you know their hard-earned money they take the time out of their day to go see a film You go to the the movies to be entertained, and this movie really does deliver all of that. I I also thought that the story itself was surprisingly sincere and tragic. I would definitely recommend this one. Uh, If you have not checked this film out, definitely be sure to check this one out. Definitely be sure to write to me. Let me know your thoughts, and comment below if you're watching on YouTube. All right, our next film review today, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Directed by David F. Sandberg, starring Zachary Levi, Lucy Liu, and Helen Mirren, the tagline for this film reads, The film continues the story of teenage Billy Batson, who, upon reciting the magic word Shazam, is transformed into his adult superhero alter ego Shazam. i honestly found this film to be a fun, worthy sequel. Many did not enjoy it. Uh, many were many were split on the movie. To be honest, but uh, you know, gauging reactions over social media and talking to some colleagues and friends, you know, to be honest, from my own perspective, I really enjoy seeing Zachary Levi in this role. I think he performed well as Shazam on screen. Although there are you know just some definite cheesy, over the top moments throughout the film, I thought that the addition of Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu. As the villains in this film definitely served as the overall stabilizing force that it needed. That said, will they make more of these films? I don't know. I can't be certain. We'll have to see. I definitely don't think the box office numbers were anywhere near remotely what uh, the studio had anticipated, let alone uh, hoped for. So, I mean, will there be a third Shazam film? I don't know. I I would say no, but stranger things have happened. So we'll see. But with that being said, curious to know what your thoughts are. If you got a chance to see Shazam Fury of the Gods, be sure to write to me. Let me know your thoughts. All right. Our next film review today is for paint. This film is written and directed by Britt McAdams. Paint stars Owen Wilson as Carl Nargle, Vermont's number one public television painter, who is convinced that he has it all. A signature perm, a custom van, and fans that hang on his every stroke until a younger, better artist steals everything and everyone that Carl loves. I actually had a chance to attend the Regal Mystery movie. I actually got a chance to see this film way in advance. And I gotta tell you, I really enjoy this film. This film is a dark comedy gem and has all the makings of a cult classic the screenplay i found to be prolific and just outright absurd that really they man they just don't make movies like this anymore hollywood does not make movies like this anymore it's this was really refreshing i this is this is one that could definitely make a big careers but I I really applaud the creative choices, the creative uh, liberty, just to just to make this movie for everyone involved, all the cast and crew. Uh, this film will definitely take you to a special place. Um, I I definitely recommend checking this one out. This was different for sure, but I truly do appreciate when movies are. Original at the end of the day, creative and original, and it gives you something fresh on screen. They're not all hits, some way miss, but at the same same time, you know, movies are subjective and just because I may not like a movie or I may love a movie does not necessarily at all mean that you'll feel the same. So I always recommend checking out all these films just because, you know, my own interpretation and my own perspective may vastly differ from yours. But at the end of the day, it's always great to, to talk and have a have a discussion about what we what we all love and what we all uh, may not have liked about the movie, what we want have want uh, wanted to be different, what we might have hoped for in the future, stuff like that. It, it can all be in good fun, uh, and at the end of the day, you know it's your own opinion. But it's always it's always great to at least take the time to appreciate expose yourself various kinds of art there are there's such a diverse catalog of movies that have come out the past, especially over the past year you know many surprises you know barbarian definitely sticks out as one uh, just some really really awesome films that uh, have come out so definitely support these films for sure and uh, always write to me let me know your thoughts all right our next film review today is for john wick chapter four directed by chad stahelski Starring Keanu Reeves, Bill Skarsgård, Donnie Yen, Ian McShane, and Lawrence Fishburne. In John Wick 4, John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the High Table. But before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. Straight up. Hands down, one of the greatest action films I have ever seen. Seeing John Wick 4 in theaters is just epic. Keanu Reeves and Ian McShane are superb as always. Bill Skarsgård, absolute grade A villain. Donnie Yen just just turns in an elite all-star performance in this film as well. Really, really an unsung hero of this film go see this movie on the big screen if you haven't already John Wick Chapter 4 hands down the best of in the franchise so far in my opinion love this franchise and the fact that it keeps on topping itself and raising its own bar the it's unfa- it's on un- it's almost I'm at a loss of words to describe how difficult that task really is, but it just continues to do it. And um, I, I really got to I tip my cap to them, the entire cast and crew working on these films. And I hope that it's not the end of uh, the John wick uh, franchise. I really do hope that we see more within it. I know that we're getting a TV series. That'll be definitely want to check out. Yeah, man, it's just unbelievable. Absolutely. Unbelievable some of the action sequences just blew my mind absolutely blew my mind that there, like there's one in particular it's like a seven minute scene it's like an aerial shot and it just looks like a it reminds me of honestly like a playstation one game like the, like the old school like the tank controls that you, you know that we used to have to do like the resident evil style or the silent hill it's like it was. Like Dino Crisis, all kinds of other like, games. Like It was just so different. I had never seen anything like that. The whole movie was just the whole gun foo on Wall 4. I mean, it was just this franchise nails it. And uh, I cannot wait to own this on physical media. And uh, I cannot wait to watch this a thousand more times. John Wick 4 is tremendous. Brings all the juice. If you have not already, like I said, be sure to check this one out in theaters on the big screen while you still have the opportunity. And be sure to write to me when you have seen it. Let me know your thoughts. All right. Our next film review today is Air. Written by Alex Convery and directed by Ben Affleck, Air follows the history of shoe salesman Sonny Vaccaro and how he led Nike in its pursuit of the greatest athlete in the history of basketball, Michael Jordan. Hands down, one of the greatest sports films I have ever seen. I don't know what it is with movies, but I am thankful. We've been getting some tremendous movies, and the year is very early. It's only April. We're heading into May shortly but we have gotten some tremendous films already. You know, with Oscars, uh, you know, just passing, we are already, the field is getting deep in terms of the competition already for next year. This film, first of all, the script from Alex Convery is brilliant. And Ben Affleck continues to prove why he is truly one of the greatest directors of our generation. The ensemble cast of Matt Damon Jason Bateman, Viola Davis, uh, Chris Tucker. Everyone is just wonderful on screen together. Viola Davis, can we just also take a moment? The woman is a national treasure. She is unbelievable. Hands down, got to be one of, if not my favorite actor working today. Just unbelievable. She is a truly, truly gifted actress. Any movie that she is in, I'm immediately interested in in checking out because I know it's going to be amazing if you have not seen the woman king don't waste any more time please watch the woman king that movie's freaking amazing with that being said though this film air really does exceed expectations and pays great homage as the tagline says and confirms the greatest basketball player of all time Michael Jordan definitely do not miss your shot to see this film in theaters check it out today be sure to write to me. Let me know your thoughts. Comment below if you are watching on YouTube. All right, our next film review today is for Mafia Mama. Directed by Catherine Hardwick, starring Tony Collette, Mafia Mama features an American mom who inherits her grandfather's mafia empire in Italy. She is guided by the firm's consigliere, and she hilariously defies everyone's expectations as the new head of the family business. Now, I actually got a chance to see this film during another uh, Regal Mystery Movie night. And overall, I'd say that I had a good time while watching this film. I did. Definitely some laughs throughout the film. But really, while there were definitely some laughs throughout the film, I definitely could have used a lot more. Especially the fact that this film presents itself mainly as a comedy and there are definitely some funny moments. Don't get me wrong. I, definitely some laughs, but I mean, it, not as much as, as I, I expected for sure. And, and honestly, the film's not just a comedy. It's also truly does dive into the, the crime aspect and the action sequences and, and some drama as well. Some like awkward pauses and silence in the, in the film and in the theater as well. Cause People aren't sure, like whether or not they're supposed to laugh, whether like they're they're supposed to be upset by the the sequences of the story and, and what the characters are saying and doing. At times, overall, the film just gets generally confused as to what it wants to be. And there was a lot of great potential here. Um, there are some funny moments, like I said, there's there's some good moments, but overall, uh, you know, it's it's it was not the greatest, but. Still worth checking out. Definitely be sure to write to me. Let me know your thoughts. Did you love this movie? Did you not like this movie? Either way, be sure to write to me. Let me know what you thought of it. All right, our next film review today is for Spinning Gold. Written and directed by Timothy Scott Bogart, starring Jeremy Jordan, Michelle Monaghan, Peyton List, Dan Fogler, and Sebastian Maniscalco. Spinning Gold is a biopic of 1970s record producer Neil Bogart, co-founder of Casablanca Records. I saw this film in theaters. It was actually the final showtime and the final day I was going to be able to see this at one of my local theaters, the only theater still playing at the time. And I'm so glad that I took the opportunity to attend this screening. I loved this film. It's getting a lot of mixed reviews, and I know that, but it goes back to what I said. Films are subjective, and this film hit me right in the sweet spot it knows its target audience and i definitely fit that bill for sure this film presents the wild untold true story of casablanca records the first and the most successful independent record label of all time the film overall plays like a musical focused comic book and it's really cool to say it features also some incredible music performances from Jeremy Jordan, the lead actor in the film, uh, along with the entire ensemble cast as well. I've really never quite seen a film like this. My eyes were glued to the screen the entire time. It does run a bit long, but for musicians and all lovers of music, this is definitely a film for you. If you're a musician... You're just an overall lover of music. Check this film out. Definitely check this film out. I am not certain, but I am, I am optimistic to say that you at least will uh, enjoy this film very much so. Be sure to write to me. Let me know your thoughts. If you did get a chance to see this, definitely want to know what you thought of it. If you have not already, like I said, be sure to check it out and write to me when you get a chance to see it. All right, our next film review today, the Super Mario Brothers movie. This film focuses on the story of the Super Mario Brothers and their journey through the Mushroom Kingdom. This film stars Chris Pratt, Charlie Day, Anya Taylor-Joy, Keegan-Michael Key, Jack Black, Seth Rogen, Fred Armisen, and Sebastian Maniscalco. This film was a ton of fun. It really was. It features countless, countless bits of nostalgia, That's presented through Easter eggs, which I thought were really cool, Uh, especially, you know, Easter eggs in the film and the Easter eggs we have within the game. So uh, it it was really, really cool to see um, all like the little, just the little things in this film. It it really, this film was definitely one for the fans. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. You definitely can't go into this film like a full on critic. If you do, shame on you, to be honest, this is a lot of fun. (laughs) This was a really enjoyable movie. Uh, some incredible animation and visual effects in this film as well. I really got to say, this, there are some unbelievable animation and visual effects sequences. Along with some of the most iconic video game music of all time. Clearly, uh, the voice acting from all the entire cast in this film really was excellent. I really enjoyed everybody. Chris Pratt was getting a lot of hate. Um, Charlie Day as well. I'm not sure why. I, I thought they all did a tremendous job. I especially also appreciate the respective uh, characters. I thought that... I, I thought, honestly, I thought it was a really good choice to have the actors uh, play the characters that they were. I, I thought that they were all w- very well represented. I thought all of the respective characters in the Nintendo Mario universe that are uh, included in this film, I thought all the characters are very well represented by the actors and their iconic voices cuz and there's distinct personalities that fit the characters especially you know Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong I mean that that was I thought that was perfect uh, hands down i got to say like hands down my favorite character in this film the little dreary blue star that just embodies the dispiriting and like emotional fortitude of Edgar Allan Poe i just I could not stop laughing. It's just some of the darkest humor and some of the most unexpected moments in the film. I uh and they kept doubling down on it. And I love that. I love that. They they, they obviously uh, knew that it was working. Huh, and somebody in the studio they obviously had fun with that character and, and this the studio themselves Um, had confidence in enough and I'm so happy that they continue to double down on that joke and and that character in the movies definitely check this one out select your power up today see this film in theaters it's going to be out for a while I'm sure if you have not seen this film already check it out be sure to write to me let me know your thoughts All right, our next film review today is for Renfield written by Ryan Ridley and Robert Kirkman directed by Chris McKay starring Nicholas Hoult Nicholas Cage and Aquafina. the tagline for this film reads Renfield Dracula's henchman and inmate at the lunatic asylum for decades longs for a life away from the count his various demands and all of the bloodshed that comes with them I loved this film it is well balanced it's really well balanced in terms of the horror thriller elements that are included and all of the moments of levity all of the great comedy that Nicholas Cage, Aquafina, Nicholas Holt, all the characters bring to the table. Uh, the over-the-top action adds to the overall front as well, I think. Some really over I mean this film, it says some gore. This film is extremely violent and gory. But it's also so over the top that that's why I say it, it does add to to the overall fun and it makes it makes it a great watch uh Nicholas Cage just an absolute delight as always uh it really would have been a shame for us to never witness him in this role I I would say that I, I can definitely say that after seeing this film it would have been a shame to never see him in this role Nicholas Hole and Aquapina also deliver some really fantastic performances in the film and uh, I I there is a in the beginning of the film, this is there's no spoilers here, but in the very, very beginning of the film, as soon as the film starts, like the first minute or two, there's a brief, like, minute, 30-second scene where it's completely black and white, and I loved this scene so much. It was one of my favorite scenes in the movie, honestly. It was in the very beginning, and I could not get it out of my head the entire film. I thought it was so well executed and I thought it was so awesome. After seeing Werewolf by Night, uh, Michael G. Aquino's My- Werewolf by Night, if you have not seen it already, check it out on, on Disney+. Plus. Loved it so much. And I really hope that we can get more of that, more of a the, the black and white horror. Um, I, I think it works really well. And I think it's something that will be it's niche but you if it's done well and done correctly i think with the right story i i really think that it could be a home run and, and it re- could be really really well done like i'm having i'm having trouble th- coming up an uh, example but oh i mean th- this scene overall serves as a great example to to ultimately what what it could be it's just a. Uh, Throwback to the, the classic Hollywood films and the late, great Bela Lugosi, the the, the scene, uh, man, it was just really, really cool. This uh, this film ultimately is quintessential horror comedy though, through and through. It's done in the best way to uh, do not miss your chance to have fun and seeing this film in theaters. Definitely be sure to check this film out in theaters while you still can, and write to me when you get a chance to see it. If you already did get a chance to see this film, be sure to write to me. Let me know what you thought of it. As always, if you're watching on YouTube, comment below. All right, our next film review today is for The Pope's Exorcist. This film is directed by Julius Avery, and the tagline for this film reads, Follow Gabriel Amort, the Vatican's leading exorcist, as he investigates the possession of a child and uncovers a conspiracy the Vatican has tried to keep secret. You know... While exorcism-focused films are typically hit or miss, I truly did enjoy many aspects of this film. Um, I really enjoyed the straightforward, the intentional transitions, and the pacing throughout. Uh, Russell Crowe also delivers an outstanding powerhouse performance as the lead character, Gabriel Amort. The Vatican's chief exorcist is a... I mean, I didn't even realize that... Was a, a thing. I didn't realize that was a position an individual had the opportunity to hold. I did not even realize that the Vatican was putting that much um, emphasis into the exorcisms. I really did not. So to know that this was actual, that this was, Gabriel Amor it was a real person, uh, he, he passed away in 2016. Uh, this this man was real, and, and this was a real position that he held. Uh, For under the Vatican Church, some of the CGI and and the visual effects in this film do look a bit rough and unfinished at times. The film, uh, the film though, overall seems just like a classic case of too many cooks in the kitchen. And while watching it, just there's so much potential here for you know for a a really great film, and it's it's not a bad film. It 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 was a good film. I thought. Um, I think it's a good film. I just. I thought it could be so much better. Uh, with that said, overall though, uh, you know, while the Pope's Exorcist is not the greatest film, it does add some interesting theological elements to the horror thriller subgenre of the exorcist type of films. And uh, if you know, if you did, sh- if you did get a chance to see this film, uh, be sure to write to me. Let me know your thoughts. The film, uh, the film ultimately reminds me, like, if if you, I'm not sure if. If you've never if you've never seen the film The Right starring Anthony Hopkins, and if you're a fan of uh, especially if you're a fan of exorcism type of films, be sure to check that film out. To me, and having that film that I hold in very high regard with the type of exorcism films, I like these. I really do like this type of film, uh, the exorcist type of uh, focus. It's really interesting to me. <sighs> And although I'm, I'm biased uh, a little bit because of my, my fandom for that type of a film, the right specifically, first of all, it's a PG-13 film. But even with that said, the film is, is very well executed and it presents a much stronger horror, suspense, and overall darkness than this film does. The Pope's Exorcist, I mean, honestly, at times, it reminds me of like a, there was some real campiness to it, and it reminds me of like so that. Reminded me of, like a Van Helsing in a way, where it was, it was a lot of fantasy type of elements, which like I, I thought were interesting. It was just not what I expected, and I definitely for the right to be you know rated PG thirteen and to be an exorcism film, and this film to be an exorcist film but rated R. What you know the right in my opinion is much is much scarier a much more uh, traditional horror film while the pope's exorcist definitely has some of the you know the creepy horror elements at times mainly i i i think that the film is is more so on the side of the you know the constantine van helsing uh the fantasy uh kind of um realm if, if you will but Overall, I I did enjoy the film. Curious to know what your thoughts are. Did you get a chance to see The Pope's Exorcist in theaters? If not, check it out. If you did, get a chance to see it. Be sure to write to me. Let me know your thoughts. Had the opportunity to attend an early access screening of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And although I've never read this book, uh, I did attend the screening with uh, a few fans of the book and really did enjoy this film. We all enjoyed this film, I myself included. Although the process of developing, you know, on-screen adaptations of treasured children's stories definitely can prove dicey. It can prove to be a very difficult task at times, but this film really succeeds. It, it remains true to the original source material throughout um, I talked to a lot of individuals who have read the book and have seen this movie, um, it would tend to, who had the chance to attend the screening, who read the book, and they all said the same thing. They really enjoyed this movie, and it really did uh, tra- stay true to the original book as well. Abby Ryder Fortson, Rachel McAdams, and Benny Safdie, they truly all create, all three would truly create a charming family unit that's on that, on screen together. And Kathy Bates as Grandmom Sylvia steals the show. Love Kathy Bates. Absolute national treasure. And I just loved her in this film. She she was fantastic, presented a fantastic performance on screen. The 1970s costume and set design were flawless as well and truly do bring the the period of the film uh, and its setting overall to life. Much like the original book, the film presents a a witty, heartwarming story that all audience members can enjoy, Regardless of race, gender, sexuality, anything like that, you can go to this film not knowing anything about the book or anything about the movie, and you can have a great time in this film. It really is an enjoyable movie for all. And both the book and the film, because of those elements and um, its success in that in that department, both the book and the film will continue to be remembered for years to come. If you did not get a chance to attend the early access screening for this film, be sure to check this film out. It's in theaters everywhere on April 28th. And when you do get a chance to see it, as always, be sure to write to me and let me know your thoughts. All right, for our next film review today, got to see The Covenant recently. Guy Richie's The Covenant. I, I got to tell you, I was absolutely blown away by this film. As with most of my reviews, I do like to take the time to reflect for at least a day or two sometimes for just to gradually develop my final thoughts on the film after seeing them. And, you know, when I went into this film in particular, I was completely blind to it. A lot of times I do like to be completely blind before going to see films. And for this film in particular, I did not see any trailers uh, prior to the screening. The only promotional materials that I had seen really were like some posters I was truly, I gotta tell you, I was truly left speechless by this film. Jake Gyllenhaal and Dar Salim, both just outstanding performances in this film, both delivering Oscar-worthy performances. Uh, Guy Ritchie presents just a heart-pounding thriller, and the movie really just will grasp you as tight as it can, and... From beginning to end, it's just the on screen bond that's shared between Jill and Hall and Salim. I mean, really, really unbelievable. The cinematography, as well, just captivating. The music and the movie, this is the overall score is atmospheric and elevates every single scene. It evokes a lot of emotion, really propels all the dialogue and the actions of every single scene, for sure. I highly Highly recommend checking this film out on the biggest screen possible in the loudest theater that you can possibly find. Do not miss the chance to see this film in theaters. I definitely recommend checking it out. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant is BMEU's reviews approved 100%. And our final film review today, recently got a chance to see Chevalier. This movie, I mean, I'm so, so glad that I went to see this film. So glad I did not miss the opportunity to see this film. It is exciting, it's majestic, and it honestly provides audiences with a really captivating story. It's inspired by the life of Joseph Bologna, the Chevalier de Saint George. I still cannot believe that I was unaware of this story, of the man's life, prior to seeing this film. This, this, is the, this is a story that I believe everyone should know. It, it should be known by all. And the fact that we didn't learn this in history class, it's, it's amazing. It, it really is. Kelvin Harrison Jr. and Samara Weaving both deliver fantastic performances along with the entire rest of the ensemble cast. The music and the composition for the film is just incredible as well. It's just an unbelievable job well done. The entire cast and crew, costumes and makeup, uh, the set design, art piece in itself. Absolute art piece in itself. You know, the historical biopic genre is, is, is tricky, but it's really one of my favorite genres overall. And when it's well executed, like this film, Chevalier, you can't ask for much more than that. This film, this film's runtime is only about like an hour and forty-five, I think, an hour and forty-seven minutes. I mean, it's fantastic that the fact that we're able to get a historical biopic that's under two hours. that's relatively unheard of, um, especially when you look at something like Amadeus or something like that. Usually, usually these types of films are three plus hours. You know, epics, long narratives. Um, but I, I, I would have been fine with it because this film had me glued to the screen. I was really intrigued by the story of this man and all the circumstances uh, regarding his life. I would have been thrilled with a three-hour epic of this film, like I said, or like a mini-series even. My hope is that as audience members, we're able to get more films like this from from studios in the future. Um, Moving forward, I would really like to see more projects like this. I'm really grateful that we had... uh, that as audience members we had the opportunity to see this film if you have not already do not miss your chance to support this film definitely go check this film out in theaters today if you have not done so already and if you have already seen this film be sure to write to me let me know your thoughts all right and to end this week's podcast going to do a top 10 list for this week's top 10 list going to count down the top 10 Guilty pleasure films for myself, my top 10 guilty pleasure films, films that are generally considered not great, but want the films that I will go to time and time again, and I will watch repeatedly without any remorse or any apology to others. And just because there are so many to choose from, I had a hard time narrowing it down to 10. So there actually is a bonus one this week. Uh, Kicking it off with number 11 on our list number 11 balls of fury if you have never seen this film please do me a favor and watch this film it is hysterical this is the epitome of stupid comedies but i love this film it is fantastic great villain Don't look at the cast. If you don't lose in this film, my recommendation is don't even look at the cast. Don't look at the trailer. Just go in blind to see this film. It is hysterical. One of my favorites and very quotable. Balls of Fury comes in at number 11 on our list. Number 10 on our list. And another quotable comedy from the 90s that a lot of people do not like, but I will go back to all the time and put on, is Biodome. I absolutely love this film. Stupid comedy, as I said, Uh, but, I mean, one that just never gets old. Number nine on our list, The Haunting. This is a horror film that a lot of people do not talk about. Uh, Stars Owen Wilson, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and Liam Neeson. This film is definitely different, but I really do enjoy this film. Definitely did enjoy this film, and uh, I go back to it all the time. It'll especially be uh, interesting to see uh, Owen Wilson return to a Haunted Mansion setting uh, this uh, summer in the Haunted Mansion as well. Number eight on the list, sticking with horror, is Stay Alive. The actually one and only film that Disney has ever created that is a horror film. The only R-rated horror film that Disney has ever created. Fun fact. But uh, Stay Alive is a bit different. Um, but I I like it for that, you know, if, if you have to stay alive in the video game that you play online with your friends and uh, to stay alive in real life. Different concept, and it was very, very early two thousand so the whole online video game, you know, on the consoles, it was just, it was really just taking off Xbox, you know, live. It wasn't even a thought, it was, this was like, as PS2 was like just, you know, still in its, uh, in its heyday, so definitely a movie that was... Um, for its time i'd say uh, if it came out maybe about five to ten years later i think it would have been a lot more successful but it's one that a lot of people overlook but one that i really do enjoy stay alive comes in at number eight on our list number seven on the list bedtime stories huge fan of adam sandler and honestly i remember seeing this film in theaters uh, and i really enjoyed it i i've always enjoyed this film ever since it's really fun. It's really creative. And I know that Adam Sandler, you know, decided to work on this film you know, after having, you know, small kids of his own. You know, it, it's, it, it's just really, really a heartwarming uh, movie. And it's, it's a great story. It's one for everyone, one that all can enjoy. Speaking of movies that all can enjoy, number six on our list, Sky High. Why and how in the world this never got a sequel beyond me all the crazy crap that we get sequels for that nobody asked for this is one where i feel like it, it was just you know a no-brainer and we still have never gotten a sky high sequel wild to me but with that said this is just a fun film i loved watching this film growing up uh sky high if you have not seen it definitely uh want to check out for sure number five on the list grandma's boy this is a hysterical film. I love this film. Happy Madison all the way. This is a great film. N- early Nick Schwartz and early Jonah Hill appear in this film. Uh, this is uh, this is a great. This is a great film. This is uh, <laughs> this is JP all time villain. JP is an all time comedy movie villain. He's definitely in the Hall of Fame for sure. If you have not seen this film, definitely be sure to check it out. Number four on the list, Malibu's Most Wanted. This film actually just celebrated this past week its 20th anniversary. Insane to think that this film came out 20 years ago, but hands down, hands down, one of the funniest comedies I've ever seen. Jamie Kennedy, Nick and wrote this film together. Uh, This is just peak. Jamie Kennedy is just a brilliant comedian, and uh, this film, years light years ahead of its time. And uh, the fact that this uh, is still talked about just shows the brilliance of, uh, of the comedy that, have, that this film contains. Hopefully, hopefully we get a sequel one day. That, that would be honestly really awesome to see what B-Rad is up to. B-Rad World Tour. All right, coming in at number three on our list, Mars Attacks, Tim Burton, all-star cast. The cast in this film is insane. If you have never seen this film definitely be sure to check this one out. Morris Attacks is an all-time movie. I love it. I still love watching this film. I never get a chance to watch this film. I absolutely love it. All right, number two on the list is a tie between Jaws 2 and 3. Love the sequels. Jaws 1, obviously a classic. Steven Spielberg, Richard Dreyfuss, Robert Shaw, absolute classic. But Jaws 2, probably my favorite in the franchise. And Jaws 3 is one that I just grew up watching as well. You know, Dennis Quaid, it's, it's not a great movie at all. <laughs> not good at all. But uh, Jaws 2, specifically, I always loved it because, uh, you know, in the 80s, the slasher genre with, you know, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, the, the 80s was all about the slasher films. And, uh, you know, they figured, okay, well, let's take, you know, even though it was 70, 1978, I believe the film came out, you know, it's three years after the first one came out, they were like, all right, time to, time to, you know, get another shark in here and seek revenge and the slasher type of way. So Joel's two is definitely the slasher of the, of the franchise. And I always love it for that reason. And Joel's three is just a, Oh, it's a hot mess, but you know I appreciate it for everything that it is. <laughs> it's just a peak eighties cheese, but I. Uh, Early three D as well, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 a good time. Yeah, it's a time. We'll say that it's a, it's a time. We'll say it's a good time. It's a time, <laughs> but uh, comes at number two on our list. And number one on the list for my personally, for my personal guilty pleasures, any absolute any police academy film doesn't matter what it, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter which it is in the franchise. You put on any of the Police Academy films in the franchise, I'm watching it, and I'm going to have a fun time. I absolutely love this franchise. Number one, all the way through number seven. doesn't matter. Any Police Academy film, I'm going to love it. All right, and that concludes our list. Be sure to write to me. Let me know your thoughts on this list. Are any of the guilty pleasures on your list as well? Be sure to write to me. Let me know your top 10 list for guilty pleasure films. And be sure to write to me as always. Let me know your thoughts on the podcast. And we'll see you next time. And that just about wraps up this installment of the b Reviews podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Musica. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at b Reviews. And be sure to listen every week on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and all other streaming platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to like leave a comment, subscribe, and hit the bell icon to receive notifications that inform you exactly when our podcast and all other videos are out. And as mentioned, be sure to visit our website, www.musicoprojects.com. There you'll find all the links to our social pages, links to our latest podcast episodes, and also be able to read our latest blog posts as well. We'll be with a new episode of the B-Muse Reviews podcast, so stay tuned for more. And as always, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, And good night.